Always thought-provoking and informative. Forget the spin and media bias from the left and right. We know you are sick and tired of being told what to think, how to act, and what you can and can't do. Direct from the Ustream It Broadcast Network, it's time for another edition of the last Christian newscast and radio show with your hosts, J.D. Williams and T.L. Farley. Real news and biblical common sense analysis starts in three, two, one. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the Last Christian Newscast and Radio Show. My name is J.D. Williams, located here in East Texas, and joining me from the Dallas and Fort Worth area, my good friend, my co-host, and most importantly, Terry, my brother in Christ, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. How are you doing today? And Terry, I forgot to turn you on, but you're on now, so you, you can now answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm still, let me say it this way, what I was going to say, well, I'm still saved and on my way to heaven. There you go. So I was and I still am. All right. Well, you know me and buttons. Uh, Sometimes I get all discombobulated over here. Um, Anyway. I'm glad uh, I'm not over there. (laughs) Today it's going to be scripture heavy and news light, and we're going to get really into it because we are talking about the Psalm 83 war. Now, we just began to talk about it um, the other day, and uh, I've told you guys that I needed to do some research and figure out who these countries are that are talked about in Psalm 83. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different today before we even really get into, um, into any news whatsoever. I'm going to put Psalm 83 verses 1 through 4, up on the screen. And Terry, um, if you could read those real quick, it kind of gives us an idea of where we're going today. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They've taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They've said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Now, I want you guys to think about this really carefully. And by the way, if you're not seeing this in visual form, go to www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net. Or if you happen to be viewing us on YouTube, social media, or some other platform with video, make sure that you check it out. Because again, we're going to have a lot of scripture up on screen today. Well, I'm also going to have a lot of information on screen today that we've never done before. And I think that you're going to find it very interesting. But in these first four verses, you can see that the world basically is headed down this path right now, okay? Um, The enemies are, in fact, making a tumult, okay? They are conspiring against Israel as we speak. They are taking crafty counsel against the people of Israel, okay? They are consulting together against the sheltered ones or those inside Israel, and they are saying some more directly than others, and I'm speaking primarily here about Iran, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. And that is, Terry, very clearly an indication of what Iran has said many times that they want to destroy Israel. They want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Oh, yes. Okay, so we're going to get into all that today. Okay, we're, I'm, I mean, it's going to be right there for you. So again, if you are not watching this in visual form, please find it later on, www.lastchristian.net, www.lastchristian.net. Look at it carefully. Everything's going to be there. And then you can reference the Bible from there because we're going to give you exact scripture. And that way you can check it out and read it for yourself. Okay, now then. I'm also going to make you guys aware of a program that we are going to do here on uh, the Last Christian Newscast and Radio Show in the future. I'm thinking probably Thursday, or next show anyway, Um, but um, it could change. It depends, because the Lord leads us, and actually, um, this is something that I had planned to do today. And God stepped in at the last minute and said, nope, that's not the show you're going to do. You're going to do this one instead. But 
I'm going to give y'all a, a hint of what's coming in a kind of a roundabout way. Listen to this one real quick. A solar storm forecast for Thursday is expected to give sky gazers in 17 American states the chance to glimpse the northern lights, the colorful sky show that happens when solar wind hits the atmosphere. Northern lights are most often seen in Alaska, Canada, and Scandinavia, but an 11-year-old solar cycle that's expected to peak in 2024 is making the lights visible in places farther to the south. Three months ago, the light displays were visible in Arizona, marking the third severe geomagnetic storm since the current solar cycle began in 2019. So, what we're going to be talking about is stuff out up uh, in, in, in the heavens, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about UFOs, we're going to be talking about aliens, and we're going to be talking about the belief in the Bible. And we're going to ask the question, what does the Bible say? about extraterrestrials. Does it? You'll be surprised. So just keep that in mind. That is coming up in a future edition. Okay, uh, news. We're going to get it out of the way as fast as we can today. And it's all basically over in Europe. So let's take a listen to it. And we're going to run through these really quick. Here we go. U.S. President Joe Biden joined U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak for tea at 10 Downing Street earlier as part of the president's one-week tour of Europe. The two leaders discussed ways to work together on issues like artificial intelligence, critical minerals, and energy security as part of the new Atlantic Declaration. President Biden then left for Windsor Castle to meet fellow head of state King Charles III to discuss one of the king's passions, climate change, and what can be done about it. On Tuesday, President Biden and Prime Minister Rishi Sunak are off to Lithuania for the NATO summit where Ukraine and Sweden's membership will be discussed. Julia Chapman has more from the Lithuanian capital Vilnius on why Turkey is blocking Sweden's attempt to join NATO. Turkey's concerns stem on what it perceives to be Stockholm's leniency on a particular Kurdish militant group which is recognised by Turkey, the European Union and the United States as being a terrorist organisation. Sweden has made some concessions. It's altered its constitution, its anti-terror laws, it's lifted an arms embargo against Turkey, but so far that hasn't been enough to allay Ankara's concerns, whereas Finland was able to overcome them much more quickly, paving the way to its NATO accession earlier this year. The hope is that some sort of agreement can be reached ahead of this NATO summit so that the bloc can welcome its 32nd member sometime soon. Okay, full disclosure, I pulled that yesterday, and that uh, information has changed overnight. And we'll get into that here in just a minute. But let's go ahead and continue on. President Joe Biden met with King Charles III for the first time since his coronation on Monday at Windsor Castle. Biden was greeted with a ceremonial arrival and an inspection of the honor guard, with the band playing a rendition of the Star Spangled Banner upon his arrival. Earlier on Monday, the president met with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak outside 10 Downing Street. The two last met at the White House in June to discuss Ukraine, climate change, and other issues. Davis Richards reporting. And if anybody has seen what happened at Windsor Castle with uh, President Biden, yes, the United States suffered a huge embarrassment as the president stood there and tried to talk to a soldier standing there, an honor guard soldier, as the King of England standing behind him is saying, come on, come on, come on. He's not going to answer you. He's not allowed to. Stop talking to him. Stop wasting our time. This is ceremonial. And he, he looked like he, was, he had his hands out. He was so frustrated that this president has no idea of how to deal with it. He was talking to him, I guess, like, maybe you can vote for me or something. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> but he made a complete idiot out of himself, and it was embarrassing to everyone in the United States. Terry, you want to comment on that or just move on? Well, it only makes me want to wish I, I had seen the video, but uh. yeah, you'll find it everywhere. Trust me, you know you'll you'll, you'll yeah. find it. Every, it it's it's really it's really bad. It's really bad. He was basically having to drag Biden away and try to direct him and try to get him focused um, back on what he wanted to do. I don't I don't know what he was doing. Biden looked he 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 looked as he often does, very very confused and unsure of what to do. And, you know, that's it's just unfortunate It is an embarrassment to the country. Well, we'll continue on now. A summit of NATO leaders is underway in Vilnius. Ukraine wants NATO membership, but does accept it can't join while the war against Russia 
continues. Aside from a raft of controversial issues, such as the use of cluster munitions by Ukraine, President Biden is meeting his Turkish counterpart on the sidelines of the summit after Turkey lifted its opposition to Sweden's membership of the military alliance. Julia Chapman reports from the Lithuanian capital where the summit is being held. Sweden will become NATO's 32nd member after late-night talks on Monday in Vilnius. Ankara had been blocking its membership because of what it said was Sweden's lack of crackdown on terrorist activity. But a U.S. sweetener may have ultimately sealed the deal for Sweden because Turkey has been trying to buy F-16 fighter jets from the U.S. for many years now. Congress has been blocking that because of a Turkish crackdown on the opposition, as well as Turkey's purchase of a Russian missile defense system. But now that the hurdles have been cleared for Sweden to join the bloc, leaders will spend the next couple of days at the NATO summit discussing what eventual membership will look like for Ukraine. Okay, now here's the deal. The reason that the um, NATO membership was blocked in the first place is because somebody in Sweden burned a Koran. I mean, that, that's really it, okay? That's, that's truly yeah. the reason, okay? So in order to get over that, Biden said, okay, we're going to send you F-16s. You've wanted them for a long time, even though you have got Russian uh, anti-missile bases and that kind of stuff installed. And because you are siding with Russia so frequently and you are siding with China so frequently and you're siding against Israel so frequently, so we're going to give you what you want in order that we can make Sweden a NATO member. And, you know, if you happen to use those F-16s against Israel or against us, well, you know, that that happens. That's basically what they've said. Okay, we're just going to give you whatever you want, however you want it, because we want Sweden in NATO, and that's more important than defending the United States of America or even defending Sweden. If you ask me, it is a, and I hate to use this word, but it is an appropriate word, it is an asinine decision that was made by the President of the United States. Terry, you want to have any comment on that? Yeah, I can't improve on your uh, summation. Uh, I'm, I'm right behind you on that. My goodness. You know, the guy the guy comes into the house to rob you, and he doesn't have a gun, so you give him yours. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, and now uh, we could we could say that's personal opinion, but actually, I'm reporting that as a news item as a from KRRB because yeah. what I have is factual information that shows that Turkey is anything but an ally of the United States or Israel or the or Britain or yeah. France or Germany or anyone else except mm-hmm. Russia. They are very tight mm-hmm. with Russia, and I believe that they mm-hmm. are a spy inside, and that's how it's being reported by KRRB. Okay, now then, uh, continuing on very quickly with NATO, let's listen to this. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking in more detail today at the NATO summit in Vilnius in light of President Biden's claim over the weekend that Ukraine is not ready for membership of the Transatlantic Alliance. President Volodymyr Zelensky has said he's looking for the best possible outcome from this week's meeting in Lithuania, but veteran British diplomat Arthur Snell says an offer of NATO membership is not on the cards. On one level, Biden is looking at uh, an election year in America He's looking at the fact that the Republicans, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, are being very critical of his support for Ukraine. And so the risk, even if it's a fairly remote one, the risk of the US being dragged into some kind of direct conflict with Russia as a kind of doomsday scenario uh, is one that he wants to avoid. But there is, you know, what he says about uh, Ukraine not being ready, you know, it's not an unreasonable point to make that you could say that Ukraine needs more time to be more in line with NATO standards. But let's be honest, you know, they're they're fighting an actual war. And uh, you that, that's the way that the military, you know, evolves quicker than anything else. So I think in a way, the argument of them not yet being ready is, is a bit hard to argue when they're the ones who are actually facing the Russian military in the field. And given that, President Zelensky is also urging NATO members to back President Biden's controversial decision to send cluster munitions to Kiev. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Okay, now I have no idea who the gentleman was that uh, was reporting there with uh, with Mr. Marks, but he absolutely has no clue about uh, how things work in the world. Because if, by chance, we were to allow the Ukraine to become a NATO member, 
Then the very first shot that's fired between Russia and the Ukraine immediately begins World War III. That's just how it is. Okay, there's no other way around it. It's automatic. So it is an idiotic thing to say that they should be made a member. It's okay to discuss them becoming a member after all conflict is over. But as long as that conflict continues, then the most idiotic possible thing that you could do would be to grant them membership into NATO. Agree or disagree, Mr. Farley? Yeah, that's like instead of giving the gun to the thief, you turn it on yourself and pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, you know, I have no idea what, what he was trying to get at, but he obviously has no idea about how things work in the world. And I hope that Mr. Marks never invites him back because he really needs to wake up to how the world works before he makes a comment to anyone other than maybe his self. <laughs> I mean that that's the best thing best I, I could tell you on that. Yeah. Um so uh anyway, uh in response to all of this, there is another organization besides of NATO. It's called BRICS. This involves mm -hmm. Russia, China, India, uh I believe Japan is even in it. Uh the uh the UK is considering uh joining it. Uh anyway, BRICS is it's, it's getting really big. It's almost the size of NATO, if it's not already. Uh, but anyway, they have a response to all this that's going on. Let's listen to this. And South Africa's president insists that this year's BRICS summit will be a physical event. The host country faces a difficult choice if Russian President Vladimir Putin chooses to attend in person. Mark Routon reports. President Cyril Ramaphosa says that BRICS members are committed to holding a summit where they will be able to eyeball each other. He says it's been almost three years since the last physical meeting. In May, South Africa announced blanket diplomatic immunity for all leaders attending the summit just weeks after Russian President Vladimir Putin accepted his invitation. But South Africa remains legally obliged to execute an ICC arrest warrant if Putin does choose to make the trip to Johannesburg in August. Okay, so uh, the International Criminal Court out of Hague issued a criminal arrest warrant against Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. And they're going to hold this BRICS conference and the, uh, the, the people there uh, where this is being held in South Africa, they are... Um, supposed to turn him over, but instead they issued blanket security and they said, well, maybe they'll turn him over. No, they won't because they're not stupid. Russia would nuke them. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just being really straight up about it, but there's no way Russia is going to allow their president to be uh, arrested and prosecuted any more than the United States of America would allow uh, President Biden to be arrested and prosecuted. We'd go to war too. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. Even though we didn't want, in my opinion, we wouldn't want him back. But the thing is, yeah. he's still our president, whether we like him or not. Yeah. And so we have to yeah. respect the office, even if we don't respect the man. You know, that's how I look at it. So, Terry, you want to comment on that? Yeah, yeah well, you know, the idea being that uh, we don't want people to throw him in jail. We want to throw him in jail, but... Uh, that's <laughs> right. just an opinion. That's just an opinion. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, based on everything I'm seeing, it's a pretty strong opinion, and it's one that is held by the majority of the American public. And if you don't believe that, look at any poll. Okay, look at any poll. Yeah. Don't believe what the mainstream media might be feeding you. Look at any actual poll out there, or talk to your neighbors even. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the the battle does continue in the Ukraine, and I've I've got stuff on that too. But I'm I'm going to let that I'm going to let that go for now. Um, because I really do want to uh, spend as much time as we possibly can in Psalm 83. And before mm -hmm. we get going with that, Terry, I'm going to give you your two minutes because that's important stuff as well. And um, just want to make sure I've got everything set up here, and it looks like I do. So I want you to get Get your stuff ready right now. Just a really quick reminder that the last Christian newscast and radio show is proud to partner with a great educational program for youth based on solid Christian principles and values. Now, as a parent concerned about what your children are exposed to and learning in public schools, you will appreciate the opportunity to learn about Kirkwood's Christian online learning program that will keep your kids engaged and learning all without worrying about the type of curriculum being presented to them. It only takes a few minutes to set up the program, and your kids can begin working independently on any device, including desktop computers, laptops, tablets, 
iPads, even smartphones. Now, you can learn more about this program on the Last Christian website at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net for all of the free information on Kirkwood's homeschool learning program for kids. And hey, get this, the whole program, well, it only costs you about a dollar a day. It doesn't get better than that. Visit us at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net and receive your information all about Kirkwood's homeschooling learning program for kids. And with that, Terry, you are up. Two Minutes with Terry starts now. Folks, homeschooling works. Last Christian charge, engaging the sword. Thanks to uh, Jan Markell, a good laugh for some, had to laugh at a post by a man following a thread on end time prophecies. His complaint was of Jan Markell, a lady who has been warning folks through the means of news stories, current events, Bible prophecy of the imminent rapture for decades upon decades, followed closely by the seven-year tribulation and the appearance of the Antichrist. Rapture in Latin, repiamor, a word first coined by Jerome in his fourth century Latin Vulgate, translation of the Greek word arpazo, the English phrase in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 caught up in the KJV proclaiming Jesus' calling out of the bride, the dead in Christ, rising first immediately, followed by all believers across the earth who are alive before the tribulation and the AC appear. My laugh erupted when the man complained Markel was pushing the prophecy of the rapture. His feeling was that she was aggrandizing, overplaying her focus on this prophecy, which evidently this gentleman, at the very least, has serious questions concerning its veracity. His ignorance in misusing the word push ignited my merriment, a laugh born out of the situation my dear departed mother used to describe as a laugh for point to cry. Some statements are so misguided. For example, this man's overstated understatement suggesting Markel is somehow over-dramatizing this prophecy, which is going to be so spectacular. Example, instead of imagining Jesus's resurrection, picture millions upon millions of dead people from those scattered around the depths of the watery grave of the Titanic to the highest reaches of Mount Everest, to the remotest reaches of the Sahara and the coldest abysses off Cape Horn. Okay, Terry, I got to cut you off right there, and we'll get back to you in the second half of the show. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm I'm looking for Jan, did, did you say that was uh, Jan Markle? Is, is that is that who you were Jan, talking about? There? Well, okay, yeah, the pronunciation is actually Markel. Okay. I even called their office. I called their office to make sure I was saying it right. Okay, I'm, I was I was curious about that because of the fact I have I have watched her in um, okay. a couple of different shows uh, with Amir, for instance, mm-hmm. and uh, also with Pastor mm-hmm. Jack Hibbs has had yes, her on. Yes, yes. And um, uh, I, I spoke with a minister at one time, a minister mm-hmm. that the two of us uh, attended the same church. He didn't speak too yeah. highly of her. Um, and uh, I never I, uh, anyway, I, uh, I have never heard her um, preach a sermon that I didn't agree with. You know, I, I mean, her points yes. seem fine. Yes. So, you know, I don't know what yes. the, I don't, I can't even remember yeah. what he had against her, but there, there was something I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. all, that, well, that, that's all beside the point. Sure. Let's cover, let's cover her backside on that one. Okay. She's never claimed to be quote unquote preaching. Yeah, okay. She's a woman okay. and she okay. believes the Bible, but no, but I understand exactly. I've heard her teach and speak uh, many times yeah. and she's always on target. You know, yeah. so there's I no, think there's I no think that there. was She's I well, think that's well what he. To. I think that's what he may have been referring to. He, I, he may have he thought may, of, he, may have. he may have yeah. confused her teaching with preaching, and there's a completely yeah. different yeah. thing yeah. there. I mean, both of that's us right. teach, but that's we're not right. preachers. Okay, yeah. so that's um, right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, and besides I wanna... that, you know, people people get out, their nose out of joint because a woman gets up and takes authority. But we've yeah. got to remember Deborah in the midst of a war. Deborah was the one who led the charge uh, to win the war for Israel. So don't be 
uh, you know, gainsaying women. Uh, I've preached on the street with women, and and they were preaching uh, again. That uh, we won't go into all of that. But the yeah, let's 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 end it right here because we got a lot to cover. Yeah. we got a lot a long let's way go. to cover. We let's don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Okay, uh, I'm going to put yeah. this up on the screen real quick. This is Psalm 83. And this is verses mm-hmm. five through eight, and this sets us up for the rest of the show. Okay, uh, and Terry, if you can read that Psalm eighty-three, verses five for, through eight. For they have consulted together with one consent; they form a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also is joined with them. They've helped the children of Lot, Selah. Okay, now, the reason that I'm putting that up there is because in the last show, uh, Terry, I made it clear Mm -hmm. that I was not aware what what the modern-day names were for that, and I asked you, I put you on the spot, okay, and uh, we had had (laughs) no, we, we had not talked about it at all, I brought it up out of the blue, threw it at you, okay, do you know, and you said, well, it's something we need to research, Okay, and uh, and so what I did between the last show and this one is I did the research. I went in and I dug it out. Okay, and I've got a lot of information there. And I quickly I quickly forgot. So, folks, thank uh, Joel for this one. Well, (laughs) the thing is, is that we're going to get into it, and what I'm going to do as well is I'm going to show, well, I'm, I'm going to put it up on screen. We'll probably do this again. Can't guarantee it, but I probably will. This mm-hmm. is a Psalm 83 war. Okay, I'll look at those names. Again, if you um, if you are not getting this in the visual form, again, go to www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net. Mm-hmm. If you're looking mm-hmm. at us on YouTube, bank, number one, make sure you subscribe. Okay. Make sure you ring the little bell where you're notified of any uh, videos. But then you guys can look at this and you can see that these are all the names that are listed in Psalm 83. They're kind of placed Mm -hmm. there, but Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of information on each and every one of them. No, I mean, I'm just okay. not going to throw these up there and say, okay, here, here it is. But what you can see very quickly, you see that little yellow spot there almost in the middle? It's next to uh, Philistia. Uh, to the right yep. of it is uh, yep. uh, Edom. Uh, see that little yellow strip there? That's Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and yeah. you notice that those countries basically surround it. Okay. Now mm-hmm. that would apply also to the Gog and Magog war as well, but we're going to be focusing on Psalm 83 today. So I want you mm-hmm. guys to stick with us for the second half of the last Christian newscast and radio show today, because we're going to get into each one of those. Grab your Bible mm-hmm. as well. Turn it to Psalm 83. Mm-hmm. We'll be back right after the break with the second half. They are our cuddlers and co-workers purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. In his book, God's Hostage, Andrew Brunson tells of his ordeal of being imprisoned in Turkey on trumped-up charges of terrorism. Here, he suffered not only the effects of incarceration, but also the question, why has God allowed this to happen? Andrew suffered a crisis of faith and stumped into severe depression with suicidal ambitions. Where was God? Towards the end of his book, Andrew describes how he came to a place of total surrender, learning to trust God with patient endurance. After almost two years, he was released. God's Word exhorts us to lay aside sin which so easily ensnares us and to run with endurance the race set before us. 
Whatever race you face today, whatever barriers or challenges to your faith you may be enduring, be encouraged to stand strong, counting it all joy when you face various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. God Tracking is patiently enduring hard times. I'm Dudley Anderson. More at surereality.net. This is the latest news headlines in 60 seconds with Alan Edwards. President Joe Biden met with King Charles III for the first time since his coronation on Monday at Windsor Castle. Biden was greeted with a ceremonial arrival and an inspection of the honor guard. Ukrainian troops pressed on with their campaign to recapture Russian-held areas in the southwest, as President Vladimir Zelensky said in broadcast comments that his country's forces had taken the initiative after an early slowdown. Russian accounts said heavy fighting gripped areas outside the eastern city of Bakhmut, captured by Russian mercenary Wagner forces in May after months of battles. A 25-year-old man was suspected of attacking a kindergarten in China's Guangdong province on Monday, killing six people and injuring one, police said. Media reported the attack in Lianjiang County was a stabbing. Torrential rain has been pounding southwestern Japan, triggering floods and mudslides and leaving two people dead and at least six others missing Monday. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. And welcome back to the second half of the last Christian newscast and radio show. My name is J.D. Williams, located here in beautiful East Texas, and joining me there from the Dallas and Fort Worth area, my good friend, my co-host, most importantly, my brother in Christ, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. And Terry, we're going to get right back into this. we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start this back up again with um, Psalm 83, and we're going to begin again with, um, let me see here, this would be uh, Psalm 83, verses 5 through 8, I believe, is the is the best place to start. So let me put this back up on screen for you real quick. There you go. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gibal, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. Okay, now uh, again, what what happened last time was I put those up there and I said, okay, Terry, you know, what do you know about it? Because I didn't. We needed to do the research. I've done the research. And so now we're going to actually get into it a little bit. So uh, very quickly, we'll put this back up again. And you can see that the first thing that we need to figure out is who is Edom and the Ishmaelites. Am I saying that right, Terry? Ishmaelites? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's look at that. Okay. Let's look at that real quick. Okay. Edom is located in the southwestern Jordan area, located between the Dead Sea and the Gulf of Aqaba. Yep, that's it. All right, now then, we have the Ishmaelites. Who are they? Okay, Mm -hmm. uh, now the popular theory here is common among Muslims and some Christians is that the Arabian Muslims are direct descendants of Ishmael. In fact, Muhammad was a major proponent of this idea, claiming to be a descendant of Ishmael according to the Quran. What we know for certain seems to support the theory that the Ishmaelites are, at the very least, a major element in the Arab genetic line. But it's unlikely that all those in Arabia are descendants of Ishmael, as the descendants of Keturah and the children of Esau also lived in the Arabian Peninsula. What what do you think about that, Terry? 
Oh yeah, no, I that's basically what I have heard uh, and studied and read and 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 they've talked about it. Uh, um, an interesting side note though is mm-hmm. when they when they make that claim about Ishmael. Uh-huh. A good question. A good question. My son Daniel pointed out to me to ask them is okay. If it is Ishmael, who's God? What God was he praying to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, so, now you know if if you saw that um, that I had there had up on screen, uh, yeah. it it says that Muhammad was a major proponent of this idea. And yes. So, yes. Uh, I think that kind of goes with with what you were with with, with what you were talking about there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the main thing here is that Arabia. That's what I'm trying to get the the point here as far mm-hmm. as the uh, yeah. the Psalm 83 war goes. Is I'm trying to get, show you that um, this is speaking specifically to primarily Arab primarily mm-hmm. Muslim, okay? And mm-hmm. uh, as, as we get into this a little bit more, a lot of this stuff is become going to become even more clear as to why I'm even bringing it up, okay? So okay. Um, you get here, uh, we have made it through verse 6, the tents of Edom and the mm-hmm. Ishmaelites. Um, mm-hmm. So now we got uh, Moab and mm-hmm. the... The Hagarites. Uh, I, I don't even. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm saying that one right. Uh, Hagarites. You're pretty close. You're pretty close. Uh, yeah, Hagarites. Yeah, it's uh, okay. you know. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so let's look and see what uh, what that's all about. Okay, so you've got uh, Moab is modern day Jordan. The mm-hmm. Hagarites are from the. Uh, re- at least from the research I've done, it appears that the the Hagarites are today a very prosperous tribe or branch of the Ishmaelites located in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. And then okay. uh, the one that we haven't touched on yet, this Jabal, which is next on the agenda here. Now, yeah, yeah. there's some debate about this, okay? But most believe that this area is to be all or part of Lebanon. Okay, now remember uh-huh. that when you're talking about Lebanon, you're talking about something that's just like right there. Okay, it was, we're, yeah. we're like right on top of, of Israel. And there's a lot of attacks coming out of Lebanon onto Israel mm-hmm. right now. So do you, you have anything uh, to put into that? Yes, here? and it's, a, yeah, it's important to remember that Lebanon, uh, the attacks coming from Lebanon are very often by those from other parts of uh, of that area, other countries, uh, it is not always or necessarily the Lebanese doing the actual attacking. Right. Uh, it's there, there it's other, more the terrorist, the, more the terrorist organizations, right? Without going deep into who that might be, I don't want to start a war here. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's other countries. And anyway, yeah. go ahead. Well, you know, uh, I believe it's pretty much common knowledge that the terrorist organizations whether or not they're in Lebanon, whether they're at the Gaza Strip or wherever, they're pretty much yeah. under the direction of one country. And mm-hmm. again, I believe that this is factual information that anybody can check for themselves. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. listen primarily to the Iranians. That's yeah. who is really in control. And again, Iran, their stated goal. I mean, this is something you bing it. Look it up for yourself. They want Israel extinct. They want them wiped off the face of the earth completely, Mm -hmm. just the way as is described in Psalm 83 and also Mm -hmm. in Ezekiel 38. I mean, they are named specifically in the Bible. The Iranians are named specifically. Go ahead, Terry. I, I fell into conversation, long story short, on a movie set, 
in Hollywood with a guy, a Muslim, and he became so heated that he be stood up from the table and, and hundreds of people all around, and he began to scream at me. And, and, and his statement was over and over again, we are going to push Israel into the sea. Yeah. We are going to push Israel into the sea. And his father had to come over and calm him down and walk him away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, you know, you've got to, now you, you have to understand and, you know, we here in the United States, we have our own concerns about what our own kids are learning in school. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to point specifically to um, how they're being taught about the, how the country was created. Um, yes. Uh, and, you know, everything, it, it seems like everything offends somebody now. Okay, and that's just the way it is. So we try to destroy history. We try to change history instead of reading history and understanding how things go. And yeah. what you have to understand is when it comes over to the Middle East, over there, the children are indoctrinated anti-Israel from kindergarten. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, they are taught that Israel has no right to exist, that Israel came in and stole their land, that they have always been the, uh, you know, the rightful heirs of this land. They are uh, rightfully entitled to Jerusalem. And again, I always make this point because it's important. If Jerusalem is so important to the Islamic faith, then why isn't yeah. it mentioned even one time in their most holy book, their Quran? Because it's not. But it's listed hundreds of times in the Bible. And mm -hmm. you can trace back the Israeli uh, presence in the land for thousands of years. So yes. anyway, it's the indoctrination of children is what uh, my, mm -hmm. my main point is right there. Okay, now then, mm -hmm. getting back to Psalm 83, mm -hmm. and we uh, looking at, at verse 7 there, we'd already uh, mentioned uh, Jabal. Okay, so you've got mm -hmm. Jabal, Ammon, and Amalek, uh, Philistia, with the inhabitants mm -hmm. of Tyre. Okay, that's a whole bunch. Okay, all uh, all lined up together there. So um, anyway, we'll start with. Uh, let me see. I think we'll start with this one right here. Uh, this is Ammon. Okay, now this was an ancient territory located in the central Transjordan Plateau, northeast of the Dead Sea, between the Arnon and Jabbok rivers. This is mentioned in Psalm 83.7. The capital of Ammon was called Rabbah Ammon. This is mentioned in 2 Samuel 12, verse 27 which is modern-day Amman, the capital of Jordan. The mm -hmm. indigenous people of Amman were known as the Ammonites, who, according to Scripture, were a Semitic group descended directly from Abraham's nephew, Lot. Mm -hmm. All right, Terry, you have, have some comment on that one? I mean, that's, a, that's a lot of information in just one paragraph, but go ahead. Yeah, well, you notice how closely knit all of these countries are and how close they are. And also, because um, I'm interested to see as we carry forward in the passage that you're showing, it mentions Lot himself. Yes. So so there's and, a double uh, whammy. I do have, I've got a lot of information on Lot, trust me. Okay. I, it, it's coming. Well, we can, it's coming. Go, go we ahead. We can carry forward. Well, we can carry forward keeping that in our mind. We've already heard a mention of Lot. Mm -hmm. And we go forward and we see how things are even more closely woven together. Right. And I'm just following, just to where everybody will know, I'm following this verse by verse. And so as mm -hmm. these um, countries or people or whatever come up, then I've done the research on each one of them, and I'm going to put it up on screen. Again, if you're not seeing this in visual form, go to www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net, and you'll see it all. It's Everything is going to be there from this presentation, so make sure that you look at it. It is all 
Very important stuff. Now, we're going to take a quick break from this, okay? We're going mm-hmm. to get right back to it, but I always give Terry two minutes in every show, and this one is not going to be uh, any exception to that. And so, Terry, I want you to get all your stuff together, like right now. Just a really quick reminder that the last Christian newscast and radio show is proud to partner with a great educational program for youth based on solid Christian principles and values. Now, as a parent concerned about what your children are exposed to and learning in public schools, you will appreciate the opportunity to learn about Kirkwood's Christian online learning program that will keep your kids engaged and learning, all without worrying about the type of curriculum being presented to them. It only takes a few minutes to set up the program, and your kids can begin working independently on any device, including desktop computers, laptops, tablets, iPads, even smartphones. Now, you can learn more about this program on the Last Christian website at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net for all of the free information on Kirkwood's homeschool learning program for kids. And hey, get this, the whole program, well, it only costs you about a dollar a day. It doesn't get better than that. Visit us at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net and receive your information all about Kirkwood's homeschooling learning program for kids. And with that, Terry, you are up now. Some statements are misguided. For example, this man's overstated understatement, suggesting Markel is somehow over-dramatizing this prophecy, which is going to be so spectacular. Example, instead of imagining uh, Jesus's resurrection, picture millions upon millions of dead people from those scattered around the depths of the watery grave of the Titanic to the highest reaches of Mount Everest, to the remotest reaches of the Sahara, and the coldest abysses of Cape Horn. If if the man only knew the shout of Jesus is going to be faster than any mind on the planet, including Elon Musk, per scripture, can comprehend, that scripture also emphasizes the event is going to be worldwide. The rapture will make the parting of the Red Sea look like stepping over a mud puddle. Scripture also intones that our blessed hope is slated to detonate on the day that must be called today. And there's much more, so much more that Blast Off for Peelmore Edition 6 is prepping for release in a month or so, should Jesus not interrupt with the greatest preemption mankind shall ever experience. Pushing? I guess I owe the gentleman a thank you for bringing the rapture prophecy into its true focus. Markel, on the contrary, much like the rest of us proclaiming the imminent shout of Jesus at any moment of the day or night in which we abide, isn't exaggerating the rapture. The prophetic outline of this atomic moment demands detailed description that is unavailable to the human mind. Maranatha. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen and amen. Okay, Terry, we're going to get right back into it again, and I'm going to put uh, yep. I'm going to put the scripture back up on screen first. Okay, which is mm-hmm. uh, Psalm 83 verses five through mm-hmm. eight. And now I don't believe that we got into uh, anything past Amon uh, in the, in the last so. part. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again. I've got a tremendous amount of information. So we're going to start here with Amalek, okay? And good. I want you to uh, take a, a good look at Amalek. We'll start right here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Amalek uh, is the Hebrew name. Amalek literally means I am king. Now, as a people, the Amalekites. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Amalekites, Amalekites. Were identified as a recurrent enemy of the uh, Israelis. Now, I want you to think about that one, okay? Keep that one in mind. This is, they are a recurrent enemy. In other words, there are multiple Mm -hmm. attempts, okay? Multiple attempts to destroy them. 
Now, this role appears in several Bible stories, okay? Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind, okay? Look, for instance, mm-hmm. in Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16, where Amalek makes war against Israel in the wilderness. Look at Deuteronomy mm-hmm. chapter 25, verses 17 through 19. This is where the Israelis are specifically commanded to blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And by the way, they only wish they had followed that commandment. Look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 16, and Deuteronomy 25, 16 through 18. They are commanded to utterly destroy all the inhabitants of the idolatrous cities in the promised land and their livestock. Now, we got more on this, Terry, but I'm going to take a quick break Mm -hmm. here to give you Mm -hmm. an opportunity to comment on that, and you can tell me if you want this this little things here uh, up on screen or not. Yeah, you can leave it there so people can see kind of where I'm going. Uh, The last passage about Deuteronomy, uh, when it talks about uh, God commanded them to destroy all the inhabitants of the idolatrous cities in the promised land and their livestock. You say, well, now, wait a minute. What in the world did the cows and the chickens do? Okay, for that, you've got to go back to to, um, Genesis chapter 6. And the angels uh, of, of God, the sons of God coming down and uh, copulating with the uh, uh, daughters of Eve, the daughters of Eve, the, 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 because they were so attractive and so forth. And that begins a whole problem that follows all the way through the Old Testament and explains why God was so uh, violent and ordered such violence against many different people. You think, well, they were innocent. No, they were uh, compromised uh, through the angels to become um, evil spirits within men. And and that's what that's all about. And I'm trying to compress a lot of information uh, into a a short span. But uh, certainly you might want to have Daniel on to talk about that sometime. You know how good he is at that. You even did a video with him uh, on that. Okay, and now uh, we're going to continue here um, and looking. I, I would invite people to go to First Samuel uh, chapter fifteen, verses one through nine, where Samuel identifies Amalek as the enemy of the uh, Israelites, saying, "Thus mm-hmm. says the Lord of hosts: I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel." Or look at First Samuel fifteen. 33, where Samuel identifies King Agag of Amalek mm-hmm. as an enemy and killer, saying, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. You want to explain that one, Terry? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because uh, the, the enemy, the Amaleks, uh, were going through, they were constantly warring, as you pointed out before, with Israel, and so God uh, moved Samuel to speak specifically to King Agag, uh, and and to help him to understand that his time is short because God is going to have him destroyed uh, in the same way that He and His uh, soldiers destroyed the children and the and, and the women of uh, Israel. So shall it turn back on His head and on the heads of the Amalekites, uh, that they're going to do the same thing to them. Amen. Okay, and then, believe it or not, we're not done with Amalek yet. We're going to take a, a look at this one. Uh, now, this, again, mm-hmm. I, uh, I would send you to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, verses 1 and 2, where the uh, Amalekites invaded the uh, Negev, is that right? Negev. Yeah, okay. that's right. And, yeah. and Ziklag in the Ziklag. Uh, in the Judean uh, Philistine border. Now, this is an area uh, toward the end of the reign of King Saul, uh, burning uh, Ziklag and uh, taking its citizens away into captivity. The future King David led a successful mission 
against the Almakites to recover, uh, and this is quoting, all that the Amalekites had carried away. And I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing that so badly. Yeah, Amalekites. Yeah, no, it's easy if you're not. It's the Amalekites, but you're doing great. Don't worry about it. And then Second Samuel uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, and Amalekite tells David that he found Saul leaning on his spear after the battle of Jilbo. Uh, the Amalekite claims he euthanized Saul at Saul's request and removed his crown. David gives orders to his men to kill the Amalekite for killing the anointed king using his own testimony as reference. You want to talk about that a little bit, Terry, because people are not going to understand uh, that one unless they know the Bible fairly well. Sure. Uh, yeah, the Amalekite uh, thought he was doing uh, David a favor by bringing uh, information from the battle, and especially that he was there when Saul died. And what happened was Saul had been run through. He'd had a, a servant run him through with a sword, but he was still alive when the Amalekite came upon him, and Saul said, kill me. And he was like, no, no. And so finally he does. He goes ahead and he kills him, and, and uh, but he takes his crown and takes it to David, thinking that David will be pleased that he's getting a report. But David is furious. He said, how could you put your hand against the Lord's anointed and has the men take the guy out and kill him also? And that's yeah. in that scenario. Yeah, and uh, I think it's important to point out here that uh, David was not king yet, even though he was anointed mm -hmm. or he had uh, anointed, I think that's the proper word to use here, mm -hmm. um, uh, by Samuel. He had been appointed, yes. anointed, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. as the future mm -hmm. king of mm -hmm. Israel. And mm -hmm. Saul knew that, and Saul was yeah. after him. If, if you go through yes, uh, if, if you go through scripture, mm -hmm. you'll find out Saul did everything he could to kill David. Okay? But That's here's right. here is the, the kicker to the whole thing. And that mm -hmm. is that David had at least two chances. To mm -hmm. kill Saul. He could have taken mm -hmm. him out. I mean, he was standing over mm -hmm. Saul, who is asleep, mm -hmm. okay? And mm -hmm. he had the That's chance right. to kill him, and he didn't mm -hmm. because Saul was the appointed king of God to begin That's with, right. okay? So mm -hmm. he, didn't, he, he knew that wasn't his place to kill mm -hmm. Saul, even though that would have ended mm -hmm. all of his problems, he wouldn't have been hunted mm -hmm. anymore, you know, but mm -hmm. he knew it was wrong. He had to wait for God mm -hmm. to act. And so mm -hmm. that's the reason that, that that verse that we were talking about there is so important because mm -hmm. he had had his opportunity and he knew better yeah. and somebody else did it and it made him mad. Mm -hmm. So he took care of him. Okay. So um, now then we barely got any time. I knew I knew we weren't going to get through this in one day. I knew sure. we weren't. Okay? Well, this is, this because, is rich. It's good stuff. Yeah, because it is really deep. And uh, we'll, we're going to take up next time. We're going to continue this. So y'all can hold back on the UFO stuff and all that. Uh, it's going to be at least a couple of shows before we get there. Okay? <laughs> because That's next right. time... Next time when we come back, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, Philistia and Tyre and Sidon. We're going to be talking about uh, Caesarea and, and Assyria. And, and then, Terry, we're going to be talking about the children of Lot. It's all there. Okay. I've got it all, okay? This is in-depth stuff. And like I said, I knew we weren't going to get through it. I knew we weren't. I knew I, I was pushing it too much, trying to get too much done in one day. And I knew it. I knew mm -hmm. we weren't going to make it. And I'm glad we didn't make it because all of this stuff is important. And it's also important mm -hmm. that you accept Jesus Christ before the rapture of the church. That day is coming. Everything that's been done that needs to be done. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yet, understand that Scripture is unfolding right before our very eyes. In Psalm 83, in Ezekiel chapter 38, in uh, Isaiah 17, 1, you need to accept Christ. And if you haven't, all you've got to do yeah. is ask God for His forgiveness of your sins. Tell Him that you're going to follow Him all the rest of the days of His life that you know Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. He spent three mm -hmm. days in the tomb that he rose again and he's coming back for his church. And that day of coming back for his church is fast approaching. Don't blow Amen. it. 
Don't blow it, please, because we want to join you in the air on that day. Now, if the Lord gives us another day to continue this, we will. Okay, so we do invite you back next time for the next edition of the last Christian newscast and radio show. And until then, read your Bible. God bless. Good night. Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday right here and at www.lastchristian.net. Until the trumpet sounds.